Hi guys, welcome to the Pep and Ace podcast. In this video, we're going to be talking about online streaming. Has it killed or improved the music industry? We'd love to know your opinions as well, so please leave us a comment below and please subscribe for more videos. One thing as well, guys, I hope you enjoy the, the video. We are in lockdown at the moment, so we're doing this podcast via Skype. We are using our own microphones to make it as professional as possible. Unfortunately, there were some glitches in places because obviously the, the Wi-Fi connections, etc. So I hope the audio comes out as good as it can be. But on the whole, we think we've done a good job. Please enjoy it. So boys, we're going to be talking about online streaming. You know, has it killed or improved the music industry? But Lewis, this podcast was your idea again, bro. So you're going to host it. Over to you. <laughs> no pressure then, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, so with this podcast, obviously, we were we were intrigued about talking about the music industry. Obviously, that's, that's what we do. But also, you know, how we listen to music like on the back of the influences that we discussed in the, in the previous podcast. We thought... It'd be interesting just to just discuss, you know, how we first started consuming music, you know, buying CDs, etc. That's what our generation had. And then just to sort of talk about how it's moved on since then and, and where we are now and how it's changed things for everyone. You know, if it changes how you listen to music, uh, you know, the, the availability of it, if it changes your thoughts and what you discover, you know, has it improved your listening experience? Do you feel worse off? So we thought we'd just chat, you know just chat about that today before it'd be an interesting topic interesting discussion because it's so it's so different for everyone so um i think the first point of view if we well it'll be interesting if we chat about you know how we discovered music originally so cds and things you know and, and how how we enjoyed that so if we jump over to you ryan i mean talk about your experience you know with buying cds or on cassette or whatever you use you know tell us a little bit about it all cassette i'm not that old <laughs> yeah <laughs> no um all jokes aside yeah i did have a cassette gramophone <laughs> mate i had i had postman pat tapes back in the day did you it was like audio but it was like audible on tape oh mate yeah i used to have stories on, on cassette tapes still got well. little, little walkman yeah 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 do you want to, do you want to borrow some chris <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> um no I, sounds I, I, great I still, <laughs> Back in the day, you know, when you used to just go into the shops, like, H- I mean, HMV still going, you know, people are still buying albums, etc. But it, I don't know, it used to just be a big thing. Like you'd be at school and people would say, Have you, you know, there's a new album coming out. Like the feeling, I remember when they brought out their album 12 Stops at Home. And before then as well, when you had, you know, I was into status quo, I was into, you know, classic albums. And I just, just loved just going to the shop. And even like secondhand CD shops, there was a place in Basildon, I don't know if it's it's gone now, but it was a place called Golden Disc. You know, you'd you'd go in there and you'd you'd just see old like cheap CDs, and you just love it. And you'd go around to your friends. It's still, it's still in Billigree High Street, is it? Is it? Mm, oh, yeah, that's a throwback. <laughs> but but you'd go around to your friend's house, and it almost be like not like healthy competition. You know, you'd sort of see who's got what magazine. Talking about guitar magazines here, boys. Um, you know, who's got what cassette tape. Who's got what album? And, you know, it was almost like a collection. And then you'd sort of make your own CDs as well, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd sort of make copies, yeah. etc., And you'd have like a wallet with just the CDs inside. So yeah, yeah. There was something special about going to the shops and 
buying a CD. And also as well, not just that, because you can still buy CDs now. Um, I used to find as well that I used to prefer having a CD at the time because when an album would come out, you'd always be relentlessly playing it in the car. You know, like the feeling, 12 stops and home. You know, I think... I can't tell you how how many times I played that album and then the Beatles and things like Abbey Road, one of the first albums I ever listened to. You know, you just constantly play it in the car, whereas now when you listen to it on Spotify or online, it's fantastic. You can just easily listen to any song you want, which I love. Um, but do you listen to an album in full anymore? Do you, do you kind of respect it like you used to? Because no, you can just press shuffle and listen to anything. But no, I think, you know, we'll talk about the online side of things, but going back to the retro kind of just playing your CDs, etc. Yeah, there was a time and a place and I loved it. And how, how about yeah, you, Chris? I agree with you. Um, well, my first listening experience was a CD, but it wasn't my own. It was my dad's CD. So he used to pick me and my sister up on a Saturday afternoon from my nan and granddad's drive home and he'd have um I don't know if you remember it, it used to like confirmation albums of like best air guitar songs. Um, oh yeah yeah best you know best rock anthems and stuff like that. Um and you used to get them from Asda or or Woolworths <laughs> when it was around. Um, yeah. And he had a few of those and there were songs like Smoke on the Water and stuff on there. Um uh Tie Your Mother Down by Queen. I remember listening to um What's the one with Aerosmith did with Oh Walk This Way? They did, we know where they did that song with Run DMC, didn't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that was all on there and that. Um, and that was great because, like you said, Ryan, you, you're just in the car, you're listening song to song. I mean, you can skip it if you don't like it. But I I, I listen to quite a lot of vinyl. So I, I didn't used mm. to, but now I do. And I think that what I love about listening to that is, you kind of you have to stay on each song. You you have to appreciate each song in the album because it's quite difficult to try and skip a vinyl needle because you've got to predict the amount of grooves that the song lasts and things like that. But I mean, so that that's sort of where I'm at with it. I I, I love listening to the old formats. I I think there's 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 a great warmth you get with listening to vinyl and especially certain songs oh, that were originally mixed and mastered with vinyl in mind. I think you just it's a sound that can't be beaten but the only problem is is it's not very accessible and it's not very it's you know it's it's not doesn't fit into this lifestyle now mm. yeah it's been a comeback with vinyl as well hasn't there there's been a revival and it has it's been popular oh, it, it definitely has made a big comeback um and i i think it part of it, it is without sort of upsetting anyone but I, I do think the biggest reason it's came back is is more for the nostalgic purposes than the actual quality of music, although I have said, you know, eat my own words, I said that the quality is amazing, but it's the whole process of going and buying a vinyl and putting it on the record player and, and, and seeing it there and you're listening to it and you're listening to every song. I mean, I bought um, Rumours by Fleetwood Mac on vinyl a couple of, couple of months ago and there's songs on that that I'd never actually heard because I've always gone, when I listen to it on Spotify, I think, oh, I'll listen to Go Your Own Way, I listen to Don't Stop, what other songs do I need to listen to? Because they're just the hits. But actually, there's a lot of other songs on there, um, like You Make Loving Fun, which has got an incredible bass line, but I've never heard it. I've never heard it like that before. And I listened to it on vinyl, and that's, you know, that's the first time I'd heard it. And I actually, it's like getting a different listening experience from it. I don't know. I think it's the whole, mm. it's, it's the psychological side of it as well, is a big part of it. And do you think in terms of like, you, you mentioned obviously like, like nostalgia and things about older classic albums. Do you feel like part yeah. of the magic is listening to those older classic albums? Like, let's say, I don't know, think of a modern band, say Foo Fighters put out their new album on vinyl. 
do you think there's a difference in the yeah. ma- in the magic because of the way that it's recorded now as opposed to you know like if you put the fleetwood mac you know it was recorded in the 60s and 70s for vinyl you know on tape yeah. as opposed to maybe like a big modern studio production and listen to it now oh, oh definitely i mean i mean we can all agree that if Foo Fighters released a new album, it's really nice to have it on vinyl because it's a collector's item, isn't it? It's mm. it's nice to have it on your shelf or something like that where you could just pull it out and put it on, on the record player and it's it's a good good topic of conversation. But um I definitely think that if you know, like the old Led Zeppelin stuff or the, or the old ACDC or anything back then, it was made to be on vinyl and so there's a definite nostalgia and there's a definite feeling of, well, I'm 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 listening to this the way it was intended to be listened to. Um it's it must be it has to be i mean hearing something anyways in your head isn't it but i mean it has to be a part of it that's taken away from the quality of it it's more well not more but it's it's got to be a balance with the sound quality and the feeling it gives you by owning that record and listening to it the way it's supposed to be yeah yeah definitely and i mean and obviously like for you sam i mean what's your sort of memories of of growing up listening to albums and things like that and, and having them on were they in your car were they in your house you know, what, I, what your... I was more of a compilation kind of person. So uh, the first earliest recollection I can have of CDs was my mum. She used to have uh, like the greatest summer holiday CDs and now CDs back in the day. And she bought me a Discman as well. And when we used to go away on our little um, summer breaks and things, we'd drive to Blackpool, drive up to you know Norwich and go down to Cornwall and I'd have a Discman on. And she'd give me a load of CDs. And uh, that's when I like discovered all dance music and um, like old old school rap and things like that. Um, so that, that was probably my early, that was probably when I was about probably about nine, ten years old, maybe younger as well. And um, and then my dad, he's a he's a vinyl person, so he had boxes upon boxes of vinyls, and he used to play them every Sunday morning uh, as loud as he could in the house. So that was really nice as well. Um, back then, I couldn't tell you who the artists were because I was quite young then, but I used to just listen to it, and it, it was really really nice. So again, that's probably when I was like nine or ten, and that was my earliest recollection. Kind of up to the uh, like bit more recently, um, when Chris was talking about the vinyl revival, it was the uh, um, like the vinyls all coming back. And when I worked at Rayleigh Hi-Fi, they were big vinyl advocates, weren't they? They loved playing vinyl and yeah, yeah. and CD quality stuff. And when we do demonstrations, always be on a CD or a demonstration. And I never realised how good vinyl actually sounds on a good record player, good set of speakers. It's actually you get more bass in it, you get more clarity and things. So yeah. I, I think there is a there is a place for CDs in modern days, and we'll obviously come on to that later. But um, in terms personally, yeah, it was uh, I used to listen to a lot of compilations uh, when I was much younger, uh, and it was only when I got probably into college I started buying dedicated albums to bands like Green Day, Bought Dookie, and things like that. So that was a, that's probably my experience there. Yeah, no, I mean for me, it's it's very similar to to all of you guys really. In that, um, I think not, like the majority of my music listening was in the car. Um, and the thing is, like, as you get older and you look back, then you realise that like, what good taste, you, you know, like your parents had, like we had a bit of everything. We had like pop stuff. We had the classic 70s and 80s pop stuff. We had like the rock bands, you know, classic rock bands. Like we had a bit of everything. Um, always remember going to school, you know, with, with something on in the car and we, we'd, we'd know every word and every song and that. I remember a couple in particular. I remember there was a, a George Michael album we always had on. There was another, uh, do you remember Gabrielle as well? Yeah. Yeah, my mum had one of hers that was always on. Um, and But then we'd have things like the Stones in there. We'd have things like uh, bon, lots of Bon Jovi and things like that. So we had a bit of everything. So 
we always had something good going on. You know, I had to, we had a, like a stereo system in the house. I think we had a, a vinyl player, but I don't really ever remember it being on. I know my parents had a really good collection, but it was sort of upstairs in the loft, you know, because things had like moved on into CDs and stuff. Um, and so I guess, things, I guess moving on from there, from our generation growing up when we were learning music, it was the MP3 era, wasn't it? It was the era of Walkman's MP3 players. Mm. I remember getting my first MP3 player. I remember ripping um, uh, American Idiot off a CD and putting it onto my MP3 player as it was and playing the first song for the first time and just being like, oh my God, I've got like my entire universe in this little box. It was really cool. I used to uh, I used to have an MP3 player that recorded, and um, I used to put it against my stereo in my bedroom, have Radio One on, press record, play my song, and then walk out. So, <laughs> it, that was the way you used to rip the music via <laughs> <ride> the <a> computer. <laughs> <laughs> you little rebel, you! Oh yes, <laughs> pirate like radio. A USB stick as well, like a, an MP3 player on a USB yeah. stick. Yeah, it's the first one my, my mum yeah. got me when I started secondary school in year seven she she got me uh got me this little mp3 player and it 128 megabytes that was the size of it so you compare that to the first i the first ipod to come out what was it four gigs the first ipod yeah yeah uh this four was gigs. 128 four. megabytes so it was about 19 songs <laughs> so of um, uh, and so i used to just record the top 10 or something like that old school i remember my, my probably when i was about 13 14 i think my dad had decided to buy an mp3 player and he was sitting in the computer in the computer room which is sort of adjacent to the front room was and he's like i can't believe it he said you can fit like 100 songs on here or something i was like i can't even imagine having 100 cd's on me <laughs> <laughs> but it's part of the charm isn't it because then you you like you say you're walking to school you're walking home from school you're you're not you know you're just chilling out in your bedroom or whatever and you just got access to everything you could imagine then and there which is, yeah. which is really cool. So the fact that we grew up with that, I think is really cool. When I was learning guitar and stuff, I used to try, I had an old Sony Ericsson phone and it didn't have Bluetooth, I had infrared on it. And I used to try and like, convert, get songs on it through my mates. Oh, I've got this. Oh, God, I sent it to you through infrared. Why ain't it working? You know, you'll try and access your emails on an old old phone or something. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the stuff like that. It's really cool. But yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good interesting time, wasn't it? And then I think... Because I think we, even then, like we, you'd get your MP3s. You'd, you'd, I still put them onto CDs and things like that, so I could have them in the car. Because at that point, I, I think you know, aux leads and things that was that was only coming to fruition later. But do you remember? You'd still get your MP3s, you'd whack it on a CD and Windows Media Player, and straight yeah. into the car. Yeah, yeah, and, um, you, and you'd burn it, burn it in the wrong format so they wouldn't come out yeah, properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I started buying the CD rewritables. My first car um, is an old Renault Clio. And it didn't have a CD player, it just had a tape deck. So I mean, dad bought me them, you know, you can get them tape, tape decks. Tape to MP, got, tape uh, to orcs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's was great, that was. <laughs> that was the best thing ever Micra. made. I didn't understand Micra, exactly the same thing, mate. Only a tape deck. So my mother-in-law bought me a, uh, a tape to, yeah, the little auxiliary lead on it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. They're great, aren't they? Oh, man, I think I've still yeah. got it. <laughs> Loving life. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're 17 years old, driving the college with your like heavy metal music playing in the red micro. <laughs> yeah, best format. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bloody hell. And so I guess talk to us, like, obviously on that topic, on the, you know, the CD formats and MP3s, how did you go about uh, discovering new music in that era? So the era of CDs and MP3s, when you could first start buying, you know, music through iTunes, when you could start buying things through Amazon MP3 as it was, but you still obviously bought, the the mu the music obviously that's the era when everyone's pirate hats you know they whacked on the old eye patch and it all started to kill the music industry which well yeah Napster we'll talk about that in a bit but 
you know, your value of money would still be, you might have a, have a tenor to spend on an album, etc. So how would you have discovered music in that era? Good question. I think in that era, I think there's a mixture of things. I think obviously during school, people would talk about certain artists and certain songs. So you'd go, right, I, I want to hear that. And you download it. Um, Top of the Pops was still current at the time in the sort of the early to mid 2000s. So you'd, you'd kind of get a preview. Um, a lot of the time it was just research because you'd still go online. Um, it wasn't as sort of, you know, easy accessible as it is now. Um, but you'd, you'd You'd go into your computer library, for example, or the desktop, and you just see what's coming up. Um, I used to get, I used to, you know, buy a lot of rock magazines and, and see what was coming out. Um, but if I'm honest, still to this day, I don't really listen to a lot of modern stuff. Um, I mean, every, if I hear a good album or there's a good artist that everyone's raving about, then I'll check it out. Um, but even back then, I, I was really into the Beatles. I was really into the seventies. I was really into a bit of eighties. Um, loved Quo, loved T-Rex, loved the Beatles, you know, loved the police, um, a little bit of the 90s. So from my perspective, I was just more keen to download, if I could, you know, the albums, live tracks as well. I had a, I had a phase in the sort of the mid-2000s where all I wanted to listen to was just live albums, you know, like Queen live at, at the Milton Keynes Bowl and things like that, Green Day. You know, um, when I did the... Was it live at Milton Keynes Bowl they played yeah, as well? Yeah, bullet. And I did Bible, the American... Yeah, Bible. yeah I, I was just obsessed with live stuff. That's all I wanted to listen to and, and buy CDs and and obviously download the tracks. And that's another thing that we can come to as well is, is equally at that time, before obviously iTunes was popular, one of the reasons we had to come into the online world is because people were, you know, downloading songs illegally. You know, you used to have things like... Was it you know, Kazar? LimeWire, BearShare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, LimeWire. Um, yeah, that's a throwback, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, none of us, uh, you know, illegally pirated songs, did we, guys? No, <laughs> no, no definitely not. No. <laughs> we just know the names of the software. <laughs> you couldn't get away from it, could you? It was, it was all over the all over the news. That's what everyone stuff, did, though, wasn't it? There was no there was no penalties or things like that, or at least that I ever knew of. That that. that that period of time, you know, where copyright letters and DMCA notices and all that, that never seemed to, maybe it existed, but I don't ever recall hearing about it. But that's really how iTunes took off and how you had the iTunes charts and how they had to incorporate streams to be a chart hit now. Because eventually, even before they made, you know, Spotify and all these all these other platforms, you know, everyone was, you know, illegally downloading songs. So it got to the point where they had to adapt to it. So... Uh, what about you, guys? What about you, Lou? I mean, how, what, what did you do in that era? How did you hear about songs and how did you discover new artists, etc.? Um, I mean, it's a good question. I think, to be honest, my, just friends telling me about stuff. Obviously, um, like Ross, my older cousin, we were obviously really close, like, but we both learned guitar around the same sort of time. So he turned me on to a lot of stuff because my uncle has like an amazing taste, amazing collection. So... Ross would be into a lot of things like Rush, so he'd, he'd get turn me on to stuff by them. Um, obviously, Sam and I, growing up in the same sort of era, learning to play at the same time, we'd say, oh, check this band out or listen to that. Here's a CD or, you know, there's a new album. I remember once when when um, MSN Messenger still let you show your songs, I remember Sam and I used to race each other to see who could listen to an album first. Yeah. So we'd, we'd have like a Fightstar album on and we'd be like, right, what, what track are you up to? And it would tell you in your description of your name what track you were on. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. So it's kind of, I think a lot of it being that that age was just a lot of sharing because we all went to college at the same time and we played in bands. So, you know, 
you had a lot of people sharing stuff like, oh, have you heard this band before? Have you heard of this? And they could just literally send you an MP3 that they got, however. Um, and so, yeah, you just kind of, you just kind of got on there. Oh, you just kind of learned that way. And I don't think there was as much variety as there is now because, you know, you still might only had one person recommending you one album or one artist. Um, but for me, yeah, it was mainly friends because we were all learning at the same age at the same era. So um, it was very much like that, you know. It was kind of person A says, oh, have you heard these? And oh, okay. And then because I've always had quite wide taste in music, I, I wanted to learn a bit of everything. So I always loved the Guitar Hero stuff. So I always just kept progressing and progressing and learning all those kind of stuff. I liked pop a lot. You know, liked, I loved blues, old blues. Um, so there's always something to discover. It just depends who showed you first, really. That was it for me. Um, I mean, what about you, Sam? Yeah, so not to echo too much what you said, Luke, because we went college together and school together, so we, we kind of had that, we, we shared music between each other and our and our friends group anyway. So uh, and another thing that was my stepdad, he used to listen to Ze- Led Ze- Zed Leplin. He used to listen to Led Zeppelin. <laughs> he used to listen to Jimi Hendrix. He used to have BB King all on CDs. He had tons of CDs, and he used to let me listen to them. So I'd take him up to my bedroom, put him on my stereo, and I'd, and I'd sit and play my drums along to him. Uh, I didn't know the songs. I'd improvise along to them and stuff. And that's how I got into uh, discovering different music and things. In terms of discovering new music, I would do, as what Ryan said, I'd go and buy magazines. I used to go and buy Kerrang. I bought NME. I bought the Q magazine back in the day when it was uh, when it was primarily, um, I think it's only online now, isn't it? You purchased it online, I'm not too sure. But I'd go and buy all them and I'd, I'd get all the posters out as well, stick them on my wall. And that's how I'd find out about new music. Like, you know, Paramore's got an upcoming new album and Green Day's um, 21st Century Breakdown as well. Like when that album came out, it was in 2011, mm. I think. Um, so that that was how I discovered new music and kept up to date. And yeah, in college, some lads lent us a, a CD. I always remember Sam Edwards. He lent me Bullet in a Bible on um, on DVD. Classic. I, I listened, I watched that religiously for days and days and days because I was fascinated by it. It's the first live CD I've actually saw, to be honest. Um, and I was just fascinated by that. So that's how I how I discovered new music back in that time when it wasn't as accessible as it is today. What about you, Chris? A lot of my musical taste and well, discovering music in the first place was definitely my parents and their CD collection uh, sort of just was always there. But for, for new music, it was definitely Total Guitar Magazine. I mean, like... We'd all at school. We'd just be like me and my mates buy it, the latest issue and see like I'll learn these songs on here, and you'd be like I'll learn the, the solo to Stairway to Heaven and stuff like that. And so I would listen to that, and then, I don't know it's not new music, but it was new to me. So you know it was that. That's how I discovered it then. Um, but like now, well, just, just discovering. I suppose it's just. I've always tried to engross myself in as much music as physically possible to engross oneself in. I mean, at the time, I just was constantly looking for new stuff to listen to. I think it's just like, oh, well, I can I can sort of work out how to play that now. Oh, well, let's just try and learn something different and learn something new. So it was just all, all of that, really. I just literally just tried to find as much music to listen to as possible. I still do the same now. I mean, I'm constantly looking. I mean, I go on Spotify and I'll be like, right, oh, I, I love one of the bands I religiously follow is the Marcus King band. I actually just think it's brilliant. But then I'd look on their artists you also, you, you also might like, and I just go through all them and listen to all their albums, find them, follow them on Instagram and just follow it like that really. But I suppose at the time when I was younger, it was definitely my mum my and dad, what they listened to and definitely what my friends were influencing me to listen to as well. 
Yeah, it's an interesting take. It really is because it's like sort of say it's, it's everything's slightly different, but you all got a personal touch to it. And I think, I guess from there, if we jump into the world of Spotify and, and music streaming, I mean, I, I can remember. I think I signed up to Spotify pretty much the day that I remember seeing it advertised in England. We were on the train to college. I opened up the page, opened up the Sun, landed on page three by accident, and then flicked over, yeah. you know, to, to the next page, and. There was an article. Along down page three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, uh, what's this Spotify crap? <laughs> it take you a while to open the pages, Lou. Yeah, yeah. It was a slow burn. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I remember. I, I remember opening it, and it said about this this Swedish company, Spotify, and it was said like free music, and it went, "Oh, you can listen to U2's new album, No Line on the Horizon, for free today on this app." And I was thinking, what is this? And, but obviously, as a student, you hear free music. You're like, well, why wouldn't I? And then I ended up jumping onto it and signing up that day because we actually, ironically, we had already bought the album because we saw you 2 on that tour at that, that, that time. So we'd already had the album, but I just thought, this is cool. And as soon as I loaded it up and listened to it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I just started flicking through stuff. And there's all these other bands that the, the guys at college had mentioned. And they went... And I could literally all of a sudden just play it because there wasn't ads and things at this point. You know, it was literally just pretty much, I don't, I couldn't tell you the quality and all that, but it was just, you just press play and it worked. Um, and mm. I could, I could listen to everything. And I was like, so like if some of the guys at college had been like, oh, have you heard this band? And I had no interest in buying it, but I was curious to hear it. I could literally then just have access to it instantly. It was absolutely fascinating. Um, this is obviously pre all the discovery features and all that. It was just, because at the time, you know, say, say for example, a band like Rush or something, and if someone goes, have you heard this? And they've got like a 35-year career. How are you going to listen to all of that, you know? And you can't really. But it was it was really cool to see that. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys when you're, what your first experience of Spotify is. I mean, I don't think we'll go chronologically for every, you know, journey all the way up to now. But it'd just be interesting to hear your first experiences with streaming and, and when, it, when you sort of thought, do you know what? Yeah, I'm happy to pay for this. This is really good value for money and I'm, I'm going to use it all the time. Mm. So if we jump to you, Sam. Yeah. Um, I was quite late to the music streaming, uh, era cause, cause I had done a quite a bit of DJing back in my day. I had a massive, um, I've still got my, my hard drive full of music that I've had over the years. Uh, it's got every, like loads and loads of songs on it. Uh, so I used to just put that on my iPod or on my phone. I'd listen to it that way. The first time I started streaming was, um, when I signed up to Amazon prime, that's when they started doing Amazon Prime Music. Um, so that was probably about five, four or five years ago now I've done that. So, yeah, I was quite late to, to, to the streaming side of stuff. Um, so I, I started listening to Amazon Prime, but I noticed that um, the music database was quite limited. There wasn't much on Amazon Prime, and I wanted more. So then I signed up to Deezer, went to Deezer, uh, had a free account for them for a little while, and then I got a paid account, and Deezer, yeah, brilliant. I had all that. Um and then I went over to Spotify. Um, so I cancelled my days. I went to Spotify and I had Spotify for a few years. Um, and then thankfully through work now, I get Tidal through work. Mm. So I cancelled my Spotify, got Tidal and I'll never go back to anything else. So Tidal is absolutely brilliant for what I use it for because I use it for work as well. Um, so, that, so yeah, so I was quite late to streaming, but I've got I've tried them all. I've tried all different ones. Yeah. And how about you, Chris? I don't know if it counts as streaming, but I my first experience with the sort of a similar thing was actually just using YouTube. I used to like yeah, yeah. put in the go and I didn't even have Spotify. And this is when, this is probably as recent as four years ago. 
I only have, I've only very new Spotify, about three years I've used Spotify and only about a year for Spotify premium, which is weird. <laughs> but um, I used to, on the way to work, I used to be like, oh, I put a playlist on YouTube and just leave it on the, on, I didn't even have a Bluetooth car. I just you know, left it on the, on the passenger seat playing YouTube videos on the way to work with an auxiliary cord, you know, didn't, you know, <laughs> tried my hardest not to look at the phone while I'm driving. <laughs> Shh. But, um, uh, disclaimer. Yeah, my, my, yeah, my, um, my, yeah, street lines. I said three years ago, I signed up to Spotify. I had like to deal with the adverts. I hated it, you know, especially because I do a lot of sports as well. So like running or something, I'd, I'd put Spotify on it, it'd be like five songs. It'd be like an advert blaring in your ears and you can't even turn it off because you're on a run and it should really wire me up. It's just, so, you know, Spotify premium, probably about year, 18 months ago. Um, yeah, I haven't looked back since really. I, I can't, it's just brilliant. I mean, I just get in the car, put the Bluetooth on the car, just listen to it and just put, I mean, I love the fact it makes playlists for you. Like as as to what you you you'd listen to or what you search, I just think it's brilliant because I've got like I think there's like it gives you like six or seven, doesn't it? Of of your what you'd yep. listen to in the last sort of month or stuff, and it just puts it into playlists for you. I mean, not everything on there is right, but I found a few, and I just thought, yeah, that's brilliant. Every song on there is like an absolute banger, <laughs> and it even like puts new music in there that you haven't heard before. Um, and then it does like the year thing, doesn't it? Oh, you're, you're, this is what you listened to most the last year. And then you, re- you, you remember things that you'd listened to and forgotten about. And it's just great. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's how my, that was my introduction to it. So quite new to it really. And Ryan, you're, you were like sort of joined later, didn't you? And I always remember like jumping in the car with you and you'd always have like really good CDs playing. I think you joined a little bit later with that side of things, didn't you? Yeah. I was a late comer to the whole streaming world. Um, I think you introduced me to Spotify, Lou. I remember you actually told, gave me the told me the news about the, the Bono album, the, the U2 album, actually, when it was free. And I was like, whoa, really? Um, I was similar to you, Chris. I used to listen on YouTube, but I still do to this day. Um, you know, listen to a lot of albums and, and tracks on there. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's more recently that I've sort of converted to, like, Spotify Premium. My parents have got Amazon Prime. Um, you know, Amazon Music. So, yeah, and I, and I love it now. I think it's great that you can just search any song and play it. Um, I think on that, though, guys, I mean, I know we're going to come to in a second in terms of has it killed the industry or, you know, has it improved it? I mean, personal preference now. I mean, what do you guys prefer? I mean, for me, um, I actually prefer streaming. It's weird that I said that I'm a latecomer, Um I do prefer the old school CDs in a way because I, I'd always remember the spark, like I said, of going to the music store and, and buying your album and having the, the artwork and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I don't like clutter. I don't like things laying about, etc. So I love the fact that it's convenient that you can have all your music just in one database. You can search near enough. It's unlimited music to a point. Um, and it's also good for up-and-coming artists, isn't it? You know, it's a fantastic platform with YouTube as well, which is technically a streaming site. So, you know, um, and we've done other podcasts where we've, we've spoke about YouTube and how you can kind of make your music grow and what we're trying to do as well. So personally, um, I think streaming all the way. But what about you, Chris? What's your uh, views? Well, I'd split it into two, personally. I'd say when I'm at home, 100% vinyl, nothing beats it. When I'm out and about driving, maybe even just in the kitchen washing up. So obviously got a little Bluetooth speaker out there streaming. It's the accessibility of it. I mean, it's just, it gives music to you anywhere you go. But when I'm at home chilling out, 
I just think putting on a vinyl can't be beaten, personally. Mm, fantastic. Sam? So I I prefer streaming, personally. Uh, same as you, Ryan. Don't like clutter, things like that. I have still got CDs during my loft, but for the convenience of streaming and the quality of streaming you can get now, I mean, I've got a Sonos player at home. does a job for me. I don't listen to much music indoors, to be honest with you. Um, it's mainly at work I listen to it, on the way to work. So, But I just find it so convenient just to get my phone and stream now. Um, yeah, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very easy answer in that streaming is always going to be better if you're coming at it from the context of convenience. There's no there's no comparison. I think the interesting thing is, is your more interesting aspect of that question is did you enjoy it more for when, when you know, with the way the format was limited with CD because it had to be in a certain time. So it had to be in your living room. It had to be in your car. And did you consume and enjoy it more than like unlimited playlists, algorithmic discovery systems, you know, because it's changed absolutely everything. I've got, I don't know what it is. I've got a complete curiosity with things like streaming platforms and algorithmic discovery playlists and how they present content to you and things like that. For me, user interfaces are really important. The way they present to you, the content affects me massively. So I, I find with Spotify, although they have things like, um, uh, uh, you know, like all your uh, discovery mixes, your release radars, your personalized playlists, um, I on Spotify, I just tend to search for things I like and I'll just listen to that over and over again. If I'm using Deezer, I will listen to, I literally have the discovery stuff on compl- con- constantly and just fa- stumble up- across stuff. I had Google Play Music and I just sort of stumbled across stuff. They're, they're all like different. The way they present the content to you in the platforms, I think changes how you listen to it quite a lot. Spotify now is incredibly playlist heavy. And the primary reason for that is because you, they can generate so much more uh, revenue. Like on the topic of obviously, you know, playlists and, and custom curation and stuff. Um, We've got some stats up just to show you at the moment. So it's from Ditto Music, who are a music publisher, and they actually can help you get all your music on all the streaming platforms. So Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, or YouTube Premium, or whatever it is now, YouTube Music. So um, Napster pay 0.019. So this is interesting for anyone who's interested in like ethical. You know, if you pay for a subscription, you want your artists to get more. This, this is quite an interesting one to look at. So Napster pay 0.019p per stream. Tidal play uh, 0.01284p per stream. I've got no idea what the hell that translates to. I don't know how you can get point something of a p. Uh, Apple Music 0.00783. Google Play 0.00676. Deezer is 0.0064. Spotify is 0.00437 pence per stream. And uh, Amazon Music is 0.0402 pence per stream. And there's, there's more YouTube show you and stuff. But there was an art, there was a, a statement earlier where if you got a million streams on one track, it generates you about four and a half grand. So even if you're Ed Sheeran, you know, you're only not, you're not really making as much as you think you are. But that's what's interesting about playlists because that's why they're all on your streaming service home screens now because one play will generate more money for the streaming service and the artist and it will an album because how many people are really going to listen to an album a million times, you know, each track realistically to generate the sort of to just to generate under five grand in revenue. So that's why when you go on now, it's like get, you know, um, workout playlists, rock, rock hits, all that kind of stuff. It's all curated that way to kind of generate more money. So it's an interesting one. 
Um, and I've got a, another article that's quite interesting, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this. This was published in Music Business Worldwide. It's a really good good site. Um, but Deezer basically did a study. They wanted to find out a little bit more about people's understanding and when they stop and start learning, like, you know, in terms of you, you discovering new music. So I know, Ryan, you said you don't really, you've not really done it too much, but now you, you, you slow down. So basically the general gist is, uh, by the time you reach 30, you, you stop discovering new music. You don't really care. And you just listen to what you've always liked. And they say, I think it's 24. Uh, there is a specific point. Yeah. So women are likely to hit the peak of musical discovery at age 23 years and men 25. So between 23 to 25 is when you're most susceptible to discovering new music, new artists, new bands. Um, and when you're 30, you pretty much are past caring about new stuff. You just want to listen to what you like. And I thought that's really interesting because... Um, like for me, I, I definitely feel that I think till like 23, 24, I was always like kind of looking for new stuff. I always had those randomized playlists and stuff. To be honest, now I don't really care because I've, I find the whole thing overwhelming. Like I don't really feel like I have the time to invest in listening to an artist's entire back catalogue. So if you look at like, let's just say Motorhead as an example, amazing band, but they've got like what a 40 year career and how many albums and I think it's also interesting because it kind of shows you how invested you really are in an artist. Like if you love them, you're going to listen to the album over and over again or that that song or their back catalogue. But, you know, like there's, there's no way we can consume the amount of music that we have available to us now. You know, I, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I find it overwhelming. I don't particularly look for anything new anymore. And I don't even, to be honest, I don't even really find music that I... I mean, then this could be a case of burnout, to be honest, and listen to it a lot, especially like when you're at home and you've got it on in the background all the time. I don't even really get that much enjoyment out of things I've always liked to listen to in the past. I kind of like to try and find something totally different, which is why I've on the Spotify wrapped playlist that we discovered the last two years, my wrapped, like, you know, your end of year reviews have all been pretty much hip hop stuff or rap stuff, totally different to what I actually play, what I actually do, just because it's sonically different. You know, I, I've sort of heard guitar, drums, bass, so many times that the electronic side of it and the EDM stuff is different sonically. So I get a lot out of that. And because I don't really understand it in terms of, you know, I know how to play a guitar. I know how to play chords. I know how to construct a song. Something totally different like that is quite interesting because it's, I've got no reference for it. You know, like how they program the drum patterns, how they synthesize and they use sampling and stuff like that. I think it's really interesting. So I've got a lot out of that in recent years just because it's so different. So, I mean, that is an absolute rant. No, that makes perfect sense, though. And, you know, it's great. It's really fascinating to see that in terms of 23 to 25. I mean, personally, I kind of stopped discovering music when I was about 18. <laughs> but, yeah. at the same, but, but ironically, now I'm 30, I'm actually more susceptible to new artists. Do you know what I mean? I actually want to listen to new music. Um, so, obviously, that's not factual for everybody, but if you go by you know stats that's really interesting but on that and it's also good to look at the you know the figures that you had there Louis in terms of how much per stream will you know will cost the art what the artist will generate from it I mean the question really the, the theme of the podcast is obviously online streaming has it cured or killed the musical industry um, we've got third party opinions we've got friends family followers uh, they've sent a little clip in and, and sent us some comments of their opinions. So over to you, Sam. I'll let you share, obviously, their views. 
Okay. Um, so the first one we've got is from our, our good friend Bill West, who uh, Ryan hosts his other YouTube channel, Garage Football, with. Uh, and so this is his comment here. The stream is a mixed bag, really. I mean, obviously, artists, they... Uh you know, they can't just release an album or a single now and just rely on, on sales uh, and money made in the traditional formats, like, you know, CDs, cassettes, etc. I and mean, obviously those days are long gone. Um, so they have to rely on that on other means. Uh, streaming is, is one of those now. Um, I mean, it's a lot easier to to find new music as a as a music fan and listener. It's a lot easier, just a couple of clicks, and you find different categories and playlists and all sorts. It makes things a lot easier from a, a listener point of view. Um, and regarding like artists and, and bands and so on, uh, you know, when the streaming first started, like Spotify, for example. Um, some some artists like Taylor Swift, for example, would take their back catalogue off off those streaming sites, but they're back on there now because uh, the distribution of royalty seems to be better. I mean, Tidal, another big uh, streaming platform that seems to be a lot more focused for artist royalties as well. Um, but it, if anything, it's made probably made live shows better um, and artists seems to be um, performing more gigs now because that's where, that's where their main income is now. Um, and uh, but I still believe though that you know the cream does rise to the top. Um, you still got to have that that bit of talent and something different out there. Um, and if anything, um, you know, online is where is where it's at in terms of even finding new new artists as well. Um, you know, MySpace back in the day, um, and there's plenty of artists that have, uh, did YouTube covers, but I've got um, record deals out of it. So um, yeah, streaming has has harmed the the industry, but it's also been a uh, beneficial as well. So that was Bill West, who is our good friend, who, as I say, he hosts Garage Football with Ryan. Uh, we also got a comment in from uh, Steve Mack, who is a follower of the band. So we will uh, play that now. Yeah, well, you see, even just the way you framed it there, it changes perspective on everything. It depends what the motive is. Um, if we're looking at opportunities for people that would never get seen or merchandising or record contracts, totally different aspects every time. So the answer would vary. Um, so it depends what the emphasis is, you know, um, how many people would not even get seen if they didn't have this online presence. Uh, so, you know, one is in the side of, 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 let's say, financial, financial reward, maybe for the record industry, the agents and stuff like that, versus the opportunity to get seen and to make the merchandising or any uh, profit making of it. Uh, be part of your own commercial package, how you present yourself, how you can uh, uh, do your own recordings and make them as professional as possible, etc. So, yeah, really wide ranging points of view that can be taken from any angle. Uh, and I, you know me, I would hate to be so focused just in one area. Um, when I commented on Facebook, it was just to take that away, uh, that, that, that you, ha you can't stay in, in the past too much, but you should drag along with you the good bits. You know, uh, going into the future isn't a matter of forgetting everything from the past. Everything is an evolution. And what drops off at the back is usually the stuff that doesn't work well. Yeah, so that was good comments from Steve there. Uh, next, we've got my brother-in-law, Brad, who follows the band. And then following that would be my sister, who also follows the band. So uh, they're, they're parents to my niece, who absolutely loves the band as well. So I just asked them to give us a little comment. Uh, so if we listen to Brad first. 
So the question you pose this week is quite interesting. And really, you've got to ask yourself, what are the goals of the music industry? If you think the goal is for them to produce music, get it in the hands of millions of people and for them to get enjoyment out of it, then streaming services have absolutely enabled that to happen. If you think the goal of the music industry is to make money and to provide economic gain, then maybe not so much. You know, a lot of the things in the economy related to music industries are shut down. Shops have physical media companies producing CDs. They've all gone as well. So really, I think you need to ask yourself, what is the goal? So now we'll hear from uh, my sister, who's a, a massive music fan in general, uh, and she's a follower of the band as well. No, I think it has maybe killed off compilation albums and the record shops, but I think it has made unknown and up-and-coming artists more accessible and known. I think it has also made music more portable, like there's no more carrying around CDs with you everywhere you go. I think it has made music cheaper, like why pay £10 for one CD when you can pay that for Spotify for one month? I think another advantage is that artists um, now go on tour more to make their money. So you get to see whoever you want to really a couple of times a year, like Ed Sheeran, um, than just like once every album. Yeah, so uh, thank you to everyone who sent in their uh, voice clips. Uh, we also got a couple of um, opinions from uh, one of the biggest followers of the band, which is Ryan's dad, Colin, and uh, the brilliant Zach Levine, who helped us with the saxophone on our latest cover of the 1975, If You're Too Shy. Um, so, Lewis, over to you with that one, please, my friend. So I'm just going to read out um, Colin's comments. So he said, Going and buying an album in the 60s, 70s and 80s was a social event. You'd save your pocket money, get on the bus and meet music fans at your local music shop. You had special booths that you could hear the album before you bought it, and then you'd have the pleasure of seeing your disc go around on your turntable and listening to that nice warm tone on the vinyl that it could produce. And whilst you were listening, you could read on the cover all about your heroes and see pictures of them too. Then the digital age arrived with the CD, which was very popular for a while, but for me, the sound was harsher than vinyl, but at least you could take it to your friends and play it in your car. But now the music industry is available on your phones, TV and just about everywhere and listening to Amazon Music or my Sonos system is great and it spreads the wealth around for musicians. Music always finds a way and for me, living in the middle modern digital age with the likes of YouTube etc is a plus. So some good comments from there from Carl as well from a different perspective, you know, how it's changed through the generations. That's really interesting and how he's embracing using Amazon Music and things like that. And so the next comment uh, that comes from Zach Levine, who some of you may know has actually been on, on a video and a collaboration with us on the 1975 song If You're Too Shy, which is the latest YouTube video we've done. He did an amazing job on that, and he's going to be jumping on a couple more songs with us soon, hopefully. So we've got all that to come. But he said, I certainly think online streaming has drastically improved the experience of the customer. While I also have fond memories of buying CDs from my favourite artists, there were a number there are often a number of songs on an album that I didn't really care for things like Spotify and Apple Music allow you to really take whatever cool songs you want and put them on your device however I don't know about the financial side of the issue it's not clear to me how streaming as opposed to just buying impacts the artists themselves my intuition tells me that they'd make more money if people directly buy their albums but again it's not transparent to me the financial impact of online streaming in the music industry so thank you very much for sharing that Zach as well another interesting perspective 
This has been a really good chat, guys. I think obviously this leads us on to the original question. You know, has has streaming killed or breathed new life into the music industry? And I think we've had some really good comments and perspectives from some of the you know followers of the band, some friends, family, etc. So I think it's probably time that we had a little say. So over to you, Ryan. What do you think? Has streaming killed or helped the music industry? Um, yeah, in my opinion, I think. I mean, obviously, everyone had some good points there. Um, you know, it's kind of like a two-sided argument, really. It's, it's very 50-50. Um, I think, yeah, if you go by physical sales, um, I think it kind of has killed the industry. But on the other hand, personally, I think it's been a fantastic improvement to the musical world because, you know, you think how many unsigned artists have a platform now, not just Spotify and things like YouTube, you know, but like I say, with 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 Websites like Ditto Music, etc. You can you can afford to release your own music without a record label, um, and like I say, any album if you pay a premium nine ninety nine a month. I mean nine ninety nine is usually what you pay for an album. So the fact that you've got the full back catalogue, um, I think is only an, is is a fantastic thing. Now, if it's a business perspective, an album now you don't really. I know you you showed some good stats earlier Lou, about obviously the how much the artist gets per click, etc. But you're not really going to make money from albums anymore. That's really just clickbait to get people to pay to come to your concerts or to buy your merchandise, you know, or buy your books and things like that. So an album is kind of what gets you more fans and keeps your fan base happy. Um, but you're really going to earn your money from, you know, concerts, etc. So that's that's my opinion on it. I think it's actually improved the industry. And thanks, Ryan. And how about you, Sam? Well, personally, I I think online streaming has helped uh, massively. Um, I'm talking more from an end user perspective. Um, So because music today is so much more accessible than ever, especially with um, niche under the radar or even, uh, you know, unsigned artists, which I love finding. So for an example is um, uh, there's a musician named Eklo. He does tropical house music. And I never heard of him until I recently heard uh, on Tidal Jonas Blue and it come up recommended artist. Um, so if you go to like HMV or Zavi, if that's still going, uh, it's very unlikely you'll find Eklo's CD in there, um, or even your supermarkets as well. I think because they they're mainly showcasing popular music, you know, uh, chart music, albums, things that everyone is kind of listening to at the moment. Um, but I'm not saying there isn't a place for CDs. I don't like um, buying CDs. I used to love buying them on the break at college, and I used to have them in CD sleeve in my car and stuff, um, playing them, you know, at home. But at the end of the day, I ended up ripping the music off the CD and put on my MP3 player as well. So it, it kind of uh, it, it wasn't CDs weren't really required for me. Um, but I think it's helped it massively, just making content so much more expensive, uh, accessible, uh, and especially to lesser-known artists. But on the flip side, it's affecting like local stores who are struggling to stay open. Um, but I look more from an accessibility point of view. Um, but then if you think about it, vinyl's making a comeback, so maybe it'll go full circle and CDs will come back as well. But personally, streaming, I, I don't think it's killed. They'll harm the industry. It'll always actually excelling it, especially for lesser-known artists. Nice. Thanks, Sam. And Chris? Um, I think it's two sides of the same... Well, I don't want to say not two sides of the same coin, but it for a listener's perspective, 100% improved that side of the music industry. Like you said, it's so more accessible, so much more accessible, so much more in your face. It's wherever you go. Um, as long as you've got a smartphone or, or a listening device, you, you, you're away. Um, I, I would, I would be interesting to know when we, obviously we can't ever ask that, but what it's like for 
a, a, a musician that's been doing it for years, what their opinion is, obviously, because it's definitely, ha- it, how can it not have an impact on them financially? I just, for, for artists that have been going for, I mean, you're like 30, 40 years that were making money from gigs and CDs and vinyl to what they're earning now must be a complete, I mean, obviously they've made their money, but I, I, I think it's helped the music industry on one side, but on the other side of it, I think it's, it's gonna It has caused a few issues like, like what Sam said about shop shutting and, and things like that. Um, also, but then for new artists, it's created a platform for myself personally. I just use Spotify and streaming devices like that or, um, software to discover new music. Once I've discovered new music, I go and buy a vinyl or a CD still personally. I just prefer it. Um, I prefer having it. I prefer looking at it. I prefer reading about it. It's just something about it. It's, it's an experience owning a vinyl or a CD. Whereas for me, having it just as a, as a click on your phone, it, it's throwawayable. It's forgettable. Yeah. So nice one, Chris Lou, what do you think, mate? Uh, yeah, I think I think my thoughts on it is kind of like a mixture of, of you know, all the sentiments that everyone said, really. Um, you know, to, to Chris's point about, you know, to more established artists, there, there is a good example in Neil Young who did try and start his own sort of like hi-fi music device, like where he's encouraging fully lossless audio and things like that to sort of replicate that golden age. But that's sort of... Didn't you know? I think he used Kickstarter to start that, but it sort of died a death, really, just because you know the masses aren't getting behind it, other than the music enthusiasts. So he's actually sort of somehow involved in Amazon Music HD now, which is their fully lossless tier, which for people that aren't familiar is basically CD quality. So it doesn't have any compression applied to it. It's you know, it's a, a high quality format. Uh, overall, um, I'm going to go with stats to answer that question first, and then I'll give you an opinion. So uh, I've got an article up. uh, It's from The Verge. So this actually is last year's uh, one uh, from 2019, because obviously we're not fully the way through 2020 yet. So there's some stats here. But streaming made up 80% of the music industry's revenue last year alone. So Spotify has more than 100 million subscribers. Apple Music, at the time of this article, had 56 million. So the record industry in the US saw an 18% increase in revenue, hitting $5.4 billion in the first months of 2019. Uh, So the revenue made from streaming services in the US last year, they grew by 26% in the first six months of the year against the previous year. Um, so I think you can see there it, it, it's 80% of the revenue that's for last year alone. Um, the, obviously physical media has jumped a bit. Vinyl and CDs has grown, grew, grew five and 13% respectively. Um, but it just gives you an idea there of, you know, how much really there was, um, revenues from music that was downloaded from, you know, paid was down 18%. Um, revenues from physical products dropped 0.6%. So if you, if you think 80%, you know, of your revenue is generated from streaming services. It shows you what it's doing. It's keeping it alive. Um, I might interject something. I was just going to suggest, is that relative though? So for like 30, 40 years ago compared to now, I mean, just see what I mean. Just see what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean. But the thing is, but you know, back then it was. I think it's a, a different thing. Everyone had to buy a CD. So, and the revenue generated significantly more. You know, so yeah. so say say if a CD, I don't know what a CD would have cost you in 1970 or whatever, or a vinyl, but, you know, say if it was 15 quid or whatever, I'm just, I, I haven't got a clue, I haven't got anything to back that up. 
but you know an artist would have seen maybe i don't know eight or nine quid of that you know whereas now to make a million to to, for, to make five grand you've got to have a million streams on one song so yeah i know i know what you mean yeah but the thing is what people got taken into consideration as well before the streaming services started pirating was the biggest thing illegal downloads there was no music industry so you know if that carried on there wouldn't have been any revenue at all if you could get whatever you want for free because the thing is you can't stop the growth of the internet and technology and silicon valley and those things so you know technology and the internet was always going to grow it's always going to improve file sharing protocols are always going to be present for other purposes so the people are always naturally going to share content it's just the way it is so you know it's nice to have a notion of thank Lars Ulrich really (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. We best not bring up Napster, eh? Because that hasn't aged well for him, yeah. has it? Um, but yeah, you know, it gives you a good idea. Technology is always moving. And so, you know, it, we can look at sort of how it was with nostalgia, but the times have moved and the industries have to move with it. You know, if the if the internet never took off it the way it did and file sharing protocols and P2P networks and all that never existed, then yeah, we'd be in a different position. But this streaming age has allowed people to still make money. So it, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of ethical issues in it. Absolutely. You know, paying someone 0.5p for their R is a joke. You know, we can't, we can't distribute that. Well, sorry, we can't dispute that. Um, you know, but it, what it has done is allowed people now to communicate directly with the artist. So, for example, we can put music on Spotify. We don't need a label. It will cost us 20 quid to get it up and we make 100% of our royalties. So that's a, an example of a good change from where it started, you know, where only labels could get yes, you up there. Um, so they have removed the need from, you know, mainstream uh, album, you know, art, um, labels to get you somewhere in the door so yeah there's there's absolutely like i think steve said about how you frame it you know there's and and um brad as well like you know there's there's definite ethical issues but it's better than nothing you know i think everyone knows that you can't make a living from music in the traditional sense that you could have in the 70s and the 80s but you can still make money you know what it what is interesting is as we said earlier how the way that it's evolved and it's changed in that it's affected the way that music is produced and so people will make songs rather than albums and you know the way that the money is generated is through playlists so if you get on rap caviar as an example on spotify it's a very good chance you're going to do really well because you you know if you make it on the top on the cover of one of the biggest playlists on the platform you're going to do really well for yourself um so but it's also changed how people write songs so if you think of a traditional um song for example like you know you'd have a verse chorus verse chorus bridge outro now they're actually starting songs with a chorus to get you hooked in the first 30 seconds to keep you listening to the song there's i haven't got any examples up because i can't think off the top of my head but i I had a few the other day where they'll show you the song starts with the chorus just to kind of get you engaged so it's changed everything you know it's changed the way songs are made it's changed the way that money is distributed but it's also changed the the options for artists as everyone said and it's also stopped you know people getting paid zero so yep i think everyone agrees ethically it's not right to get pretty much nothing for all your hard work and your years of you know craftsmanship that go into being a good artist but you know, it just shows you that at least there's something coming in. It's better than nothing. So I, I, I absolutely love Spotify. I couldn't imagine my life without a streaming platform. The convenience. I love being able to put it on everything. I love being able to discover everything. As soon as something pops into my head, I can load it up. You know, I, I think it's a, an amazing bit of technology. And I really, I, I couldn't ever go back. I'll tell you what is also good as well. Um, when you were just saying, Lewis, song pops into your head. Shazam. What a brilliant oh, yeah, app. Yeah. Yes, Shazam. If, if I'm listening to a song in the office when I'm at work and I think, what is that? Shazam, done. Then it's on my streaming service. I think, yeah, that ties in with streaming as well so well. You haven't got to be 
asking rounds, you know, what is this song? You know, du, 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 du. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I just had one last question for everyone before I think we wrap this up. Was um, So Lou, you use Spotify. Chris, you use Spotify. Um, and so do you, Rai? So why, why Lewis, to you first, why Spotify over everything else? Just in a brief sentence. Yeah, it, it, it consistently excels for me in its features and convenience. So that they had a lot of things available in that platform before anyone else did that just made it just better, you know, just better all around for me. I love the fact that I can cast it from the phone onto everything. I can like put it onto my Amazon speaker if I want it to do that. I can cast it onto my car or my TV. I can play it on my Xbox. I can, and obviously other apps have done that now, but I've always found that Spotify was first to a lot of these things, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of its features. I think its features excelled, which is what made it really, really good for me. Um, I've used them all, but I, but I think I liked these are the most for discovery. I really liked its flow algorithm. I think that was excellent. That was really, really good. Um, but yeah, Spotify for me is packed full of features. It's really polished. It integrates so well with everything. I think there's a reason why it's number one, you know, Chris. So Spotify for you, why was that the, the winner of everything else? It was the first one I chose and I've just stuck with it because I'm like, uh, the same as what Lewis said really is, is it's, it's easy to use. It's not, it's just brilliant. I just love the fact that it gives me the playlist of stuff that I, I would, I would listen to and stuff. Um, but again, I, I haven't tried any other streaming platform. I haven't, I'm probably maybe even touched on Amazon music just for the fact that at work they've got a, um, Alexa and it was just, you know, it was easier to do it that way. But, um, yeah, it's, I just find it's so easy to use and it's just so instant cool. for me. Ryan, how comes uh, Spotify for you over everything else? First of all, I mean, recently I've actually started to like Amazon Music, um, like you just said, Chris, like Alexa and, you know, all the other little apps that apply to Amazon Music, I think are fantastic. And I, I love still listening to music on YouTube. I haven't gone for YouTube Premium. Um, but I think on the whole, I would still pick, at the moment I've picked Spotify just because it's just what I'm used to. I suppose, for no other reason. I mean, technically, if you ask me in a month's time, I might say Amazon Music's the best. You know, it, things change. I've never used Deezer. I'm sure it's a fantastic app, fantastic bit of software, but I've never used it. Um, so Spotify wins for me purely just because I, I know how to use it. It's nice and easy. You don't have to use Spotify Premium, um, but these days you pretty much want to because – if, you, if you've got an album, yeah. for example, you, could, you go to click on a song, it just does a random shuffle. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a fantastic, fantastic world that we're, we're living in. And uh, may it continue. And Sam, how about you? I know you said you used Tidal. Has that always been your favourite? Um, so like I said earlier on, I started out with Amazon Music. Not enough content for me. Went to Deezer. I found with Deezer, like you said, Lou, I love the flow of it. Um, but I found that after a while, it started playing tribute songs rather than the real songs. Uh, I don't know if that was just because of my stream. I don't know, but that's what I found. And then I went to Spotify, and yeah, Spotify was brilliant. Absolutely loved that. Um, it's only because I get Tidal through work, I moved over to Tidal. It took me a lot to get used to, because um, like Use 3 said, Spotify is so easy to use. Tidal, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a change for me, but I got used to it pretty quickly, and it's got all the same content, and it's also got the MQA, so the master quality 
on it as well. And that is mm. phenomenal. Really, really nice. And when you're listening to it through a sound system, which is what I install, you know, I install home cinemas and sound systems. And when you listen to it through that, you do see the difference with the master quality audio. Sam, can you just touch on that for people that aren't familiar with different, you know, formats and things like when they listen to a song, it's just the default settings and stuff. What 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 is you know high quality audio? What's 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 master quality audio and what is like fully lossless? So there are many formats of music. So MP3 is the most popular format by far, and you've got a whole load of ranges with that. But podcasts and probably when you download in the olden days, when you used to download like a dodgy MP3 or something, that'd be 128 kbps. So it, it's listenable, it's good, but you'll lose a lot of quality. Then you move up to your 320 kbps. And that's what Spotify works at. That's what Amazon Prime works at. And you'll get um, better lows, much more clarity in the music. Then you start going into um, lossless audio. So WAV, FLAC, things like that. And they're, they're bigger file sizes because they've got a, a bigger bandwidth to them. So you've just got much much more clarity in the songs and uh, there's much less processing on it, much less compression on it. So you're hearing the song as it was heard in the studio. So that's what um, CDs are. They're at FLAC quality. Um, in between, you've got like AOFF and um, I think it's Ob, uh, Ogviz or something. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. It's like an Apple-based one. Yeah, yeah, Ogvorbis, OGG. Yeah, the, the Flack and uh, WAV are the highest quality ones. You can get that in, in different um, bit rates as well. It gives you more quality audio, but it's just that it's lossless. Um, so the higher up you go, the more the less uh, detail you lose in them songs uh, to MP3, which is all compressed just for file size. Because you notice that uh, a WAV file could be 60 meg, whereas an MP3 can be 12 meg of the same song. It's just just because of the the, the amount of quality that yep. is still in that song. So that's just a brief overview of it. I've probably got some bits wrong in it, but from what I've seen, that's just what it is. Yeah, and so just to anyone listening to this, if you don't know, like as Sam said, if you wanted more higher quality for a better sound system or stuff like that at home, you can use Tidal, which has that feature. Deezer has a lossless feature. Uh, and so does Amazon now. Amazon now have Amazon Music HD, which actually is a really good price. It's like twelve ninety nine. So if you have Prime anyway, for fully lossless, you pay three quid more a month, and you've got high quality audio as well, which is really good. I mean, obviously, lads, this will never happen. Uh, it's just hypothetical. But you know, in terms of respects, you know, would you respect the artists more if you had to just buy their albums individually? Uh, if we was in a world where it was kind of like the iTunes world, where you buy the individual singles or the albums. What would you prefer? Would you prefer just to buy the CDs or, or still buy the digital albums um, going forward? And what would gain more respect? Start with you, Lou. Uh, I'd buy the digital albums because I'd, I'd never want to lose the convenience now, um, especially because I commute and things like that. There's just no no way. Um, I actually tested this theory a while ago. Um, I had a, an iTunes voucher that I found in one of my drawers that I still hadn't used. So I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to buy an album. And I'm going to just listen to that and see if it does anything different for me. And it did absolutely nothing different. Uh, I didn't listen to it any more than I would have done. Uh, you know, I, to be honest with you, I probably on Spotify would have listened to it. A couple of songs have gone. That's not, it's not bad, but it's not really my thing. And just moved on instead of wasting the tenor. Um, so yeah, I, if it was to go back to that hypothetically, yeah, I would buy it digital format and things like that. And it, it wouldn't, now we've had this experience, it, it wouldn't change anything for me in terms of opinion towards an artist and i think with the internet people would just go back to file sharing again straight away what about you chris i was to say that about file sharing will just make a comeback straight away i think me personally i would respect an artist i'd buy each album i would behave exactly the same towards them but 
let's face it, the majority of the human race wouldn't respect it. You know, we're us as human beings now being spoilt with the fact that it's all instantly available. If it was to go back, I think we'd all be so, you know, throw our toys out of the pram and be like, no, I want instant music. Let's go back to file sharing. You know, that would easily, that would 100% happen. Um, but, you know, th- for me, I was like, sort of what you said Lewis about buying an album on iTunes and, and changing you know did it did it adjust your experience to listening to it and it didn't for you I think for me I did a similar well not not like it wasn't a conscious experiment but I'd listened to um, a song called I'll Be Creeping by Free on Spotify come up on my playlist um, and I'd actually borrowed the vinyl off of uh, one of someone from Lucy's family uh, Lucy's my fiance. Um, cut that bit out. Don't need to know that. Um, but um, <laughs> where was I going? I'd actually borrowed the vinyl from somebody, and I'd listened to the same song, and I got more of an experience out of listening to it on vinyl. So, um, yeah. So that's that's my opinion on it, anyway. Perfect. Um, I mean, my opinion is pretty much the same as yours, Chris and Lou. Um, I think, if I'm honest, if if it was you know pay per album, um, I'd prefer it to be digital. Because, yeah, convenience. Um, and you're right, you'd respect the artists just by buying their stuff and people would still file share and um, it would never happen. But what about you, Sam? I mean, what, what would you, what, what would your preference be? Uh, digital all the way. I'm the same as Lewis. Um, just for convenience, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I get in my car, get in my van, my phone starts up straight away and you can even ask your car now these days to play a song, can't you? Or you can you can navigate on, on any screens in your car. So it's just convenient, say, you know, fiddling around, trying to find a CD you want, put your CD in, the disc scratch, so you can't, it skips all the time. So yeah, just for, it's mainly for convenience for me, unfortunately, as selfish as that sounds, it's, it's just easier to have your phone, away you go. I hope you enjoyed our podcast guys please subscribe for more videos we always try and release a podcast every single month and we do release music videos as well so like I say please subscribe we'll see you next time